Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. I'm your host, Ali Ball, and I'm so excited to talk to you about one of my favorite topics today, whether or not retail is dead. If you're a producer of a packaged product in the food industry, wondering if you should launch direct-to-consumer through an online platform like Amazon or in traditional retail, this episode is for you. I'm betting that you're going to be surprised what you hear. Stay tuned. You're listening to Food Biz Wiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. Hey, before we jump in, I want to make sure that you've grabbed my free retail roadmap, a workbook that outlines my nine steps to building a brand that flies off the shelf. If you're a producer of a packaged product in the food industry, you are going to want this. I'll add it to today's show notes, so make sure you check out that PDF when you're done listening. Thanks. When I was surveying my audience and asking them what topics they wanted to learn about on Food Biz Whiz, I heard over and over again that producers had questions on e-commerce and whether or not they should continue to pursue traditional wholesale accounts. I mean, I get it. We see brands launching direct-to-consumer on Instagram all the time. Plus, I'm sure you've heard that traditional retail is expensive. It's time-consuming to connect with buyers and get your product on the shelf. Once you're there, it's even harder to get off the shelf and into those shoppers' baskets. We hear about producers doing countless demos, nonstop staff and shopper education, trade shows every single season, and tons of promotional spend. It's enough to wonder why anyone would pursue traditional retail. Well, today I'm going to tell you why I'm still so fired up on retail and traditional wholesale accounts. I've got two main reasons for you, which I'll outline first, and then we'll dive deeper into each. So reason number one, retail isn't going anywhere. And reason number two, online grocery shopping, while increasing, still isn't common And it's really hard and really expensive to change shopper behavior. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm a downer on e-commerce. I love e-commerce and I talk about it all the time in Retail Ready, my online course. But I will say that I strongly believe that most brands should have a physical presence in retail stores and they need to have a super dialed in wholesale strategy in order to scale. And by the end of today's episode, I am betting that you are going to agree with me. So let's address that first reason, the idea that retail isn't going anywhere right now. Retail isn't going anywhere. Okay, retail isn't going anywhere. How do we know that? Supermarket News, an online trade publication, cites that new grocery store openings in the U.S. were up 30% 
in 2018, adding an additional 17 million square feet of retail space across the country. I'll link to that article directly in the show notes so you can see for it yourself. So what does that mean for you? It means that there are a whole lot of shelves that need to be filled and that the time is now to pursue this space. It means that we've got a whole bunch of new grocery buyers on the scene looking for new brands. It means that shoppers are committed to in-store purchases and we need to be there to support them. It's our duty to be there on shelf for those shoppers. From there, studies show us that yes, shopper behavior is changing. We can't deny that. We're seeing shoppers take more frequent, shorter trips to the store multiple times per week versus larger, bigger cart weekly or bi-weekly trips. Retailers are noticing this too, and grocery stores are focusing on developing smaller format stores, so stores that are under 10,000 square feet, with more local offerings to appeal to their local community. You guys, this is great news. If you are a brand who's looking to start locally and connect with your your in-state community, now is the time. This news pumps me up. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. And I and I hope it excites you too. We go one step further in Retail Ready and we use this data in our buyer pitches, which is, I think, a genius idea. All right. Ready to talk about reason two of why retail is decidedly not dead and needs to be a channel that you pursue? Here it goes. Online grocery shopping still isn't a big sales channel. So studies show that 85% of grocery shopping is still done in store. 85%. From there, we've heard that only 5% of grocery shopping is done online nowadays. That other 10% makes up farmer's markets and CSA boxes and non-traditional outlets. But let me repeat that. Only 5% of grocery sales are done online in 2019. And holy cow, right? And I mean, I get it, right? I love food through and through, and I love getting to know the people who grow and produce and cook it. But I can't tell you the last time that I went directly to a producer's website and purchased my grocery staples from them. And I'll ask you that same question, knowing that you are deeply rooted in the food industry. When was the last time that you ordered granola directly from someone's website or delicious ginger beer from someone's Instagram post? When was the last time that you went on a producer's own website and bought groceries? Probably not recently, if not ever. So... Recent studies from Shopify show us that the conversion rate, so the rate at which browsers become buyers on a brand's own website, hovers between 1% and 3%. That means out of every 100 visitors to your website, one to three people make a purchase. And that feels awfully low to me to build an e-commerce strategy off of. So yes, by all means, I think 100% of brands need their own websites and most of you, 95% of you need to be able to sell direct to consumer, but 
I'll say this, it's unwise to build your entire e-commerce strategy, your entire sales strategy off the assumption that you are going to have high sales direct to consumer on your website. So what does work in e-commerce, right? That's the natural question that comes up next. Using third-party platforms work, like Good Eggs, Thrive Market, Bubble, those platforms where online shoppers are coming to purchase a whole shopping basket worth of groceries instead of going directly to each producer's website. When you list on these e-commerce platforms, these third-party platforms, you are letting the platform itself market to and draw in and attract consumers, which, as we know, involves big marketing budgets and paid ad spend. But here's the thing that trips food businesses up. Selling through those platforms is just like selling through traditional wholesale. You still have to pitch to an actual wholesale buyer, a real person who has to be convinced that your product line is a good fit for their assortment. You still have to have your wholesale pricing dialed in. You still have to email them a beautiful functional sell sheet. You still then have to have high sales once you're placed there. Otherwise, you're going to be discontinued. So e-commerce is great, but you have to have that wholesale strategy in place in order to find success there. Do not make the mistake of thinking that launching into e-commerce is going to be easier or cheaper or faster and that you can do it without having a wholesale plan in place. After all, e-commerce is just another version of wholesale. And as we talked about in reason number one, Wholesale itself is not going anywhere. But what about Amazon? You're probably wondering. Well, I have a few whole episodes on that topic coming up for you later on the Food Biz Whiz podcast. But the long and the short of it here is that we can't deny the power and the reach of Amazon. Many, many of my clients have found massive success on there. But again, I'll say this. 85% of grocery purchases are still done in store. The total retail and food service sales in the United States amounted to about 5.75 trillion US dollars in 2017. And if 85% of those sales are done in person, That's a whole lot of sales that are happening in store. Do not miss that opportunity. Oh, okay. So from here, let's talk about what all this information means for you as producers. But before we do, I want to take a quick break and introduce you to the sponsor of this episode, which happens to be something that is near and dear to my heart. Keep on listening. Instead of having a sponsor for today's episode, I want to give you a freebie, my retail roadmap. This roadmap is essential for anyone launching or growing a packaged food product, as it clearly outlines the difference between creating a product line that flies off the retail shelf versus one that just sits there. Find my free retail roadmap linked in today's show notes. You are going to love it. 
All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. So by now, we're hopefully in agreement that retail sales are increasing in the U.S., that they make up a huge industry, and by taking a small slice of that $1.75 trillion pie, you are going to be well on your way to starting a sustainable business. From there, we agreed that e-commerce is important, but at the same time, we realized that if we build it, it being a beautiful website and digital marketing campaign, if we build it, they will come does not necessarily apply to the world of grocery. At the same time, e-commerce sales are increasing. We can't deny that. We're going to see them continue to increase. And by selling through third-party platforms, by having a strong wholesale strategy that includes in e-commerce sales, you are in the position to capture that growing online audience in addition to your traditional brick and mortar sales. Above all, you have got to go where your audience is and take that multi-pronged approach. Maybe they see you pop into their Instagram feed and then they spot you on the grocery store shelves. Or perhaps they see you doing a demo in Sprouts and then reorder your product on Amazon next time they're placing a prime order. Or maybe they are shopping directly from your website because they're that perfect customer, that, that customer that we all want, who cares so deeply about supporting producers that they'll go out of their way in order to order your hot sauce directly from you. That'd be nice, huh? So this is what we're getting into with Food Biz Whiz. This is what I talk about day in and day out with my clients, navigating this multi-pronged approach, discovering what's working, and maybe more importantly, what's not working in different channels, and supporting you as you build a brand that succeeds in the food industry. I'm thrilled to be here on this journey with you, and I'd love to continue the conversation with you over in our Food Biz Whiz Facebook group. I'm sure that you guys are going to have some strong opinions on this episode, and I can't wait to hear them. So that link to the Facebook group, as well as the articles and stats that I cited in today's episode, are linked in the show notes. You can find them directly on your podcast platform under this episode or by going to www.foodbizwiz.com. Thanks for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Wiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? Check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z dot com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.